This is the remix. I pay zero attention to seeding. I just want our team to be in the NCAA tournament. And I mean that sincerely. I think we spent too much time debating what is really an irrelevant topic. Started off with Tyler Bischoff from ESPN Radio. Curbelo using the screen into the paint, jumped, got himself in trouble, but found Kofi Coburn, who found the rim with authority, draws the foul. He'll have the hoop in the harm. The Las Vegas Journal Review. You beat the most successful Alabama team, regular season and tournament champion of the SEC, a two seed, and you bounced them right out of there, and now you open with Alabama again. You got a little something up your sleeve, uh, knocking knocking down history again? He says, my old expressions always say, Billy Donovan's not walking through that door. (laughs) (laughs) Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Oh, we're actually going to get an NCAA tournament this year. Hopefully. Hopefully we get an NCAA tournament this year. On the Mountain West side of this, though. The Mountain West got two teams in. San Diego State got a sixth seed. They will play Syracuse in the first round. And Utah State got in as an at-large, as an 11 seed. Uh, They do not have to go to the first four, so they were not one of the last four in either. Yeah. Even though most bracketologists had Utah State as uh, being out and Colorado State being more likely to get in. Utah State got in and Colorado State did not. Colorado State was the Mm -hmm. second team out. So if two teams have to pull out for COVID between now and tomorrow afternoon, Colorado State would actually find themselves in the NCAA Mm -hmm. tournament. Uh, But the Mountain West... It's a two-bid conference. Uh, That's uh, four straight years now that the Mountain West has gotten two bids in a row. So I think that's – I think if you're the Mountain West, you're happy with that. I I think they're really happy. I mean, Utah State wasn't even a play-in game. I mean, they they were in the field. So, yeah, I think they're – they have to be happy with it. And I don't think Colorado State's going to get in. I'll be surprised if more than one team or even one team, if they've been very careful. You know, Virginia and Kansas still have to kind of prove it because they had it last week. But – I'll still be surprised if a team uh, uh, goes out, and I think Louisville's the first team out anyway, so Colorado State wouldn't get that. But, yeah, I mean, Boise and Colorado State go to the NIT. They've got four teams in the postseason. I, I think they have to be happy with it, given maybe a week ago everyone's like saying, boy, if San Diego State wins a tournament, is it a one-bid league? I like San Diego State's chances to win a few games in this because they should beat Syracuse. And then their three seed that they would play in the second round is West Virginia. And fun fact, San Diego State's higher in Ken Palm than West Virginia is. Uh, West Virginia is a 27 in Ken Palm. San Diego State's 20. So you're looking at San Diego State potentially being favored in two games to start the NCAA tournament to get to the Sweet 16. And then if they got to the Sweet 16, their two seed would be Houston. Um, I like Houston, but there's no reason to think San Diego State couldn't beat Houston as well if they got there. So... I actually, I think San Diego State has a decent chance to go pretty far in this game, or in this tournament, I should say. Man, in the paper I picked, Syracuse is an upset. I just, <laughs> so here's the thing. The last the last time they played, which was pretty funny, was on an aircraft carrier. And the best quote that came out of there was Jim Beheim saying, well, our defense wasn't good, but our free throw defense was. Because every time San Diego State took a shot, literally, the wind blew it like four feet to the right. So it was literally on an aircraft carrier, and it was bizarre because the wind was, like, whipping that day. It was actually pretty funny because teams would shoot three-pointers, and you could actually see the ball move in flight. 
So I think this time's a little better. They're going to be in Hinkle in, in Indianapolis and on the campus of Butler. And uh, I think it'll be a good game. I, I don't know, man. I Look, if they shoot well, it's okay. But against that zone, you can fall in love with the three. Although San Diego State's been a good three-point shooting team. The line's two, you know, pretty much a pick them. I don't know. I mean, if it's put it this way, if it's the Syracuse team that beat Carolina, San Diego State's not winning. If it's the Syracuse team that lost twice to Pitt, I actually agree with you. They'll move on. I don't think um, Utah State uh, can beat Texas Tech. As Mitch Moss tweeted last night, you're playing against Chris Beard. He knows the Mountain West well as the UNLV coach. So um, I'm going to guess Texas Tech will advance there. Wait a minute. The the Syracuse team that beat North Carolina, are we pretending like North Carolina's good? Oh, I don't know. I saw them against UNLV. They looked pretty good after the first eight minutes. Uh, that doesn't mean anything. No, I mean, I... I, that's a, yeah, that's I just, exactly the point. That team was I, down 13 to nothing to UNLV. Yeah. Well, they didn't. Roy Williams, uh, his guys didn't show up for the first 10 minutes. Um, no, I just, look, it'd be good for the league if they won a few. I also remember a few years ago, San Diego State played West Virginia. It might have been in Vegas at a tournament, remember? And they couldn't inbound the ball because of West Virginia's pressure. They literally could not inbound the ball. It's like, can we take a timeout? We haven't inbounded the ball in six minutes. So, I don't know. I mean... Maybe you're right. Maybe they can win a few. I know Seth Davis agrees with you. Um, he picked them to go to the Sweet 16 yesterday, so maybe I'm not seeing something other people are, but um, I'll I'll say they have the better chance of the two because I do think it'll be tough for Utah State be, to beat Beard. Yeah, I don't I don't think Utah State will beat Texas Tech. I don't think it's a terrible matchup because Texas Tech is they're not as good as they have been in you know two years right. ago when they went to the national title game. Right. Um, but I think the problem for Utah State is is that Texas Tech is so good defensively that I think Utah State's going to have a really hard time. Yes. I think Utah State defensively will be fine in that game, but I think they're going to have a real hard time scoring against Texas Tech's defense, and that's going to be their problem. How much better is Texas Tech defensively than San Diego State? Uh, Probably not at all. San Diego State's probably ranked higher, if I had to guess, than than Texas Tech. Because San Diego State gave Utah State some issues. Yeah, defensive. Uh, so I would let's see, Sandy or Texas Tech comes in. They're only twenty fourth this year on defense okay. and efficiency. San Diego State was eleventh. So okay, all right. San Diego State actually a little bit better. Which it may, listen, maybe that's reason to think Utah State can beat Texas Tech because Utah yeah. State they went two and one against uh, San Diego State this year. So yeah, maybe they can. Maybe they can actually pull that one off. But I wouldn't. I would not expect it. Now, if you're Colorado State right now. You got to be pretty angry because they got knocked out of the NCAA tournament by Georgetown and Oregon State. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those two teams won their conference tournaments, would not have been in otherwise. And because those two teams won their conference tournaments, Colorado State's out because they were the second team out. Otherwise, they're in. If Creighton doesn't get manhandled by Georgetown on Selection Sunday, and if Oregon just beats Oregon State in the semifinals or... Who, who the hell did they beat in the championship game? Colorado. Colorado. If Colorado, Colorado just handles them in the championship game, Colorado State's in the NCAA tournament. We're talking yeah. about the Mountain West having three teams in, which – like, because here's the thing. Like, would you consider this a good season overall for Mountain West basketball? Yeah, and the bottom of the league was so horrible that if you told me, you know, a couple weeks ago, they're getting two in, one's the second team out, and they're getting, you know – you know, I, you know, people don't like the NIT or whatever. Colorado State's a one seed in the NIT. Boise State's a two I'd have to believe, given the bottom half you, 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 is so bad, and you know you 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 um, compile wins against bad teams, which don't help your metrics, and you're just beating up on horrible teams. I think it's a good league. It's a lot better than I thought it, they would do. I, I went away from that game on Saturday. I covered the. I was at the San Diego State Utah State game. 
like, you know, maybe I was paying too much attention to the Lonardis of the world. I really thought it was a one-bid league at that point. But like you said, now it's only been three times in 11 years when they've gone one bid. So usually, more than people think, they get at least two bids. Yeah, it, again, it's four straight years with two teams in. And that was that followed up that three straight years where the Mountain West only got one team in. Right. And it was panic. How do we fix this? We got to get more yeah. teams in. And and again, two is not a massive number, but two is what they've but, gotten last year. Here, here's where I think the Mountain West is, and, and it's kind of because of the bottom of the conference right now. The the years of the Mountain West getting, you know, four teams in, or what did they get five teams in that one year? That's dead. Like, they're not getting five teams in. They're not getting four teams in. I think if you're the Mountain West every year, your goal is to probably, you should you should be like, hey, let's get three teams in. But right. knowing that, you know, one team's probably, or two teams probably is probably two. what you're going to get. And yeah. on top of that, have at least one of your teams be good enough that, you know, they could make the Sweet 16, right? Don't, you right. know, if you get two teams in and they're both 11 seeds, eh, it's not great. But, you know, have it, last year San Diego State was a two seed. Had the NCAA tournament been actually seeded out, right. they're probably a two seed. This year they're a six seed. Have one of those teams, it was Nevada a few years ago, where, yeah, it's not that hard to envision them making a run to the Sweet 16, get a second team in, and I think that's sort of where your goal is. The, the problem for the Mountain West is that the last five or six years, the real strength of the conference are the teams that are kind of three, four, five, and six, who are all like NIT-level teams. Like, the Mountain West has two of the 16 teams in the NIT. Like, they have two teams that were in the top 10 of missing the NCAA tournament this year. And the problem for the Mountain West is we don't look at a conference and view that as a good thing, even though at the end of the day, that's where the Mountain West lives. Like, teams like Colorado State and Boise State, and even throw Nevada in, even though they didn't make the NIT, like, those are solid teams. They're just not NCAA tournament-level teams, and that's all we judge college basketball by is the NCAA tournament. And that's the problem for the Mountain West is – year in and year out, they're going to have multiple teams that are kind of, oh, NIT-level teams, and we just, we don't care about NIT-level yeah. teams. And they're just, and people, I thought the top of the league was pretty good, and Dutcher said that after the game the other day, the top of the league was good, but the bottom was just so bad. I mean, from six on, there were just some awful teams in that league. I don't know over the course of a season how that hurts them at the top. I'm sure it hurts them some. I mean, San Diego State went through that, that run there and you know late in the season where they beat like six straight teams by 30 but they were just playing terrible teams so how much that hurt them uh, you know in the eyes of people i don't know they still got a six seed look i'll tell you one thing about the bracketologist and this is where i do think they got some respect the highest the best seed was lenardi to seven and every other every other bracketologist had them in an eight or nine now had they got an eight or nine you could have gone through the resume and said that's kind of stupid but to get a six i thought they had some respect in the room and I know he has to leave the room when they talk about his teams, but you know maybe having coffee and ice cream on the side, Craig Thompson actually did something for his league this year because <laughs> to get a six for them and to get Utah State, Utah State's not even a play-in game. I got to be honest, I thought they had, I thought they got some respect. Yeah, and and again, they're they're two conference tournament bid stealers in Georgetown and Creighton. Or yeah, Georgetown Colorado and State's State. in. From having yeah. a third team in, and and granted, yeah. they'd be playing in the play-in round in the well, first four, but. Yeah, they're not far from having three teams in this year. Yeah. That would have been a a massive success. I think to go to the bottom of the conference, that that is the biggest problem right now. Oh, because you, you add San Jose State a few years ago when you lose BYU and Utah and TCU, and San Jose State is 
you know, the worst team in the conference since they've been here. But you throw in Air Force, who used to be a lot better than they are now, but Air Force right. is now one of the worst teams in the country, and then combine that with New Mexico being awful this season and honestly the last five years having, what, one or two decent seasons. Yeah. UNLV not really being a competent contender in this conference, and then teams like Wyoming and Fresno State that just kind of exist. And you really do have half the conference hurt you on a nightly basis when it comes to trying to make the NCAA tournament. Whereas you compare it to the power conferences. I mean, the worst teams in the big 10, they still don't really hurt your resume when you play them. Whereas even if you beat UNLV by eight points, eh, it might hurt your resume. It might hurt your Ken Palm right. ranking. It might hurt how teams perceive you. If you know, ah, they had a close one with UNLV when other teams in power conferences, they, they don't play teams as bad as right. UNLV. No. So, um, the bottom has to get better. And San Jose State needs a new coach. New Mexico needs a new coach. We don't know about Iowa State and the coach here. So, um, but you're right. You're exactly right. The league is really, really bad at the bottom, and that doesn't help anyone at the top. All right, coming up next, Bischoff's briefs is taking a look at Rick Pitino getting yeah. Iona to the NCAA tournament. Bischoff's Briefs. Throwing out random numbers authoritatively is the best way to pass as a baseball expert. Bischoff's Briefs. By the way, it's commendable how many baseball players care so deeply about the Equal Rights Amendment. Bischoff's Briefs. Somebody get me some antibiotics because that ball is gonorrhea. Bischoff's Briefs. Rick Pitino is back in the NCAA tournament with Iona. They got a 15 seed in the NCAA tournament. UNLV fans thrilled to see Rick Pitino back because all I've seen on Twitter is we could have hired Rick Pitino. He has Iona in the NCAA tournament. But let's calm down a little bit because first off, if you compare Iona and UNLV, the last seven years, before this one, before Patino got to Iona, the last seven years, UNLV has zero NCAA tournament appearances. Iona has four NCAA tournament appearances in the last seven years before Rick Patino took over. Iona goes to the NCAA tournament. It's not like Rick Patino took over some horrendous program. He took a program that has had more success than UNLV in recent years and took them back to the NCAA tournament. Now... Again, they're a 15 speed, and they've never been higher than a 13 seed in that span. So it's not like they've got great teams. But let's not act like Patino getting Iona into the NCAA tournament is some unbelievable outcome. Tim Clewis was there before that and was doing that on a fairly regular basis. But more importantly, what I'm here to tell you about Rick Patino is you should not be impressed by anything Rick Patino has done this season. And I'm going to prove that to you by comparing it to this year's UNLV team, who everybody's mad at. Iona plays in a bad conference. Iona's not any good. Iona, if you took the Ken Palm rank, worse than UNLV this year, 169 to 181. Also, if you look at who Iona beat this season, their best win, again by Ken Palm rank, was Siena, who ranked 186th. Now, to be fair to Iona, they only played one team all season ranked in the top 150. That was Seton Hall and they lost by 20. So they didn't really have a lot of chances to beat good teams. But again, they didn't really beat anybody. So if you're impressed with what Rick Pitino did with Iona this season, here's what you're impressed with. A regular season in which they went 8-5 and five with one game against the top 150. If you take out that one game, they went 8-4 and four against teams outside the top 150 in the regular season. 
UNLV this season went eight and three against teams outside the top 150 in the regular season this year. So if you're impressed with Rick Pitino's regular season, UNLV just did the same exact thing. Now, what Iona did in the conference tournament was impressive. They won the MAC with two A's. They won the MAC tournament four games. They had to win there. But here's the Ken Palm ranks of the teams they had to beat: 284 Quinnipiac, 186 Siena, 249 Niagara, 308 in the championship game, Fairfield. Uh, UNLV is actually undefeated all time, all time in the Mountain West tournament against teams ranked 150th or worse in Ken Palm. And again, Iona did not have to beat a single team ranked in the top 150 to win their conference tournament. Their conference tournament championship game was against the team ranked 308th in Ken Palm. I feel pretty confident that if this UNLV team was in the MAC this year, they also would have won the conference tournament. All of this is to tell you, you should not be looking at Rick Pitino and Iona this season and thinking UNLV messed up when they didn't hire Rick Pitino. Because all Iona did this year was put a team on the floor that's basically the exact same as the current UNLV team you're disappointed in. So if you're disappointed in this UNLV team, you shouldn't really be impressed with what Rick Pitino and Iona did, right? Now, you can still be mad UNLV didn't hire Rick Pitino because Rick Pitino has a resume that's much more expansive than this one season with Iona. And that resume is worth being upset about that UNLV didn't hire that resume. Right, That's fine to still be mad they didn't hire Rick Pitino based on what he's done in the past. But do not use Iona being a 15 seed and not beating a single competent basketball team all season as a reason to be mad that Rick Pitino is not the UNLV coach. They didn't really do anything impressive this year. They were exactly the same basketball team as UNLV. They just play an absolute crap hole of a conference where UNLV has actual decent teams in the Mountain West they have to beat. I have no comment on any of this. He's my favorite coach of all time. He's one of the most <laughs> incredible co- basketball coaches you've ever seen. Uh, I will not uh, even the Iona thing is obviously uh, correct in that their league stinks and everything. But I will tell you, I wanted them to hire Rick Pitino Univi. I thought they should have hired Rick Pitino Univi. And had they hired Rick Pitino Univi, I am convinced in the last two years they would have been in the NCAA tournament. Convinced? Yes. Now UNLV is. I think we're getting to a point where UNLV is cursed. And nobody, <laughs> nobody's ever taking them to the NCAA tournament again. <laughs> all right. I think they're just cursed, Ed. That's all it is. Okay. All right. <laughs> just my opinion. Oh, wow, Ed gave up on that. Super no. easy. Like that, you no, died. I didn't, no, easy. I mean, I, you're just like, all I, right, I, yep, okay. No, I don't think they're cursed at all. I think he would have had them in the NCAA tournament. I think he's that good. Well, I think the I, he would have walked on campus with his name at that school and, and gotten certain recruits. I think guys would have come to play for him, whether it's in the portal or wherever. I think you would have had him in the NCAA tournament. I I think, not that it matters at all. What he would have done is he would have got him on the bubble. They would have been. They wouldn't have made the tournament, and then he would have gone to the Big Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> well, already already this morning, Archie Miller's been fired at Indiana, and everyone's like, "All right, just hire Rick Pitino." Which, by the way, and and granted, if they had two years of success, that would be worth it. But like. It wouldn't be great for UNLV if they did hire Patino. He was here for two years and then he left like that might happen with TJ Otzelberger. Uh, well, if he if he came to UNLV, let's say he came to UNLV and got him to the tournament this year and, I don't know, better than an 11 seed than Utah State, I don't know, whatever seed you want to give them, better than 11, 
and he took the Indiana job, wouldn't you know be in a, be in a better place? Oh, absolutely. But then you'd have to make another hire, and as we've seen, UNLV. Well, you're not getting Rick Pitino hire. on the other hire, right? Ben right. UNLV making basketball hires hasn't gone very well, but no. They, maybe if, if they go to the NCAA tournament, Pitino leaves. It's it's a more attractive job. I right. I don't know. I mean, would they have more money to spend? Probably not. But I don't know. It's to me, it's hiring Pitino. Maybe they get to the NCAA tournament quicker. Maybe they're in it this year. Uh, it's not a long-term fix to UNLV's problems because I think Rick Pitino would have bolted faster than anybody not named Craig uh, Chris Beard. Uh, well, <laughs> you mean he would have lasted longer than 18 days? It would, it would have made it longer than a couple of weeks, yes. <laughs> but uh, but I, I think it, at any sign of, oh, Pitino's got UNLV playing well, Indiana's open, he's gone to Indiana. Right, right? like that's Maybe. like... UNLV would have been like Iona has become the proving ground or the the stepping stone of okay somebody else is willing to take on the baggage to start with uh, once that's died down a little bit now we'll steal him away UNLV could have been that but like ultimately Patino's first job back was not going to be his last job back in college basketball and that is what's going to be interesting because and of course he's got to say this now but I read quotes over the weekend. I'm back in New York. I'm a New York guy. I can't. This is the best thing for me. Uh, Tuesday morning, Rick Pitino's been hired in Indiana. I'm an Indiana guy. I love Indiana. Kentucky and Louisville fans, given the school we're talking about, Indiana, will absolutely implode and explode in their minds if this guy takes Indiana. That will oh. be the biggest. That will be absolutely hilarious if this guy goes to Indiana and just starts going to the NCAA tournament final fours. Kentucky and Louisville fans will lose their minds. Oh, Genuinely. The best oh, yeah, it'd be thing great. was the amount of people quote tweeting Jeff Goodman saying Louisville is out with just a picture of Rick Pitino on the sideline <laughs> at Iona. Just smiling. <laughs> Man. Uh, there is, by the did way, he actually, uh, did big... he actually say I- Iona's a good place for him to be because it's in New York? No, he did say. Well, he did say that he grew up there. He's that's that's where he is. And I mean, I guess that's what you say when you don't know Archie's going to be fired on Monday. But uh, now I think it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I have some of my good. There's an Italian restaurant in Bloomington that I absolutely love. <laughs> I mean, I'd hire him in, if I'm Indiana. I'd hire. I mean, look, I'd hire him in a second. But that's totally biasing because I he's always been my favorite coach in terms of basketball. The other stuff is the other stuff. I mean, line oh. everyone else up in college basketball, but. Um, if I'm Indiana, though, I'm sorry. I'm making the call to him. The The other stuff is not the other stuff. The other stuff is, they're, they're, dude, 13 seconds of sex in a in a booth. Th- that's not just other stuff, man. I thought it was 10. <laughs> okay, I believe that the, yeah. the official transcript was, it was, <laughs> he described it as less than 15. Ah. Oh. So you can put it in anywhere between 14 and 1. <laughs> well, the average Iona offensive possession this year lasted 17 and a half seconds. Oh. So, uh, Boy, I mean, no matter what we're talking about, the, you can find the number. Despite the weak seed. <laughs> despite the weak seed, he beat his average. <laughs> All right. Williamville is giving you a free 50 bucks to bet. Now is the best time to get signed up with the tournament here. Because when you sign up for a new mobile sports account, use the promo code GET50, that is G-E-T-5-0, 
And then when you make a minimum of $50 in sports bets, you'll get a free 50 bucks in your account from William Hill. So you get a free $50 right before the tournament, and you can place all the bets straight from your phone. It's bet 50, get 50 from William Hill. Just remember the promo code get 50. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Granny and Bischoff. Joining us now is Brad Powers. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at BradPowers7. Brad, how are you today? Hey, Brad. Excellent. How are you guys doing? Good. We are good. All right, so you get the NCAA tournament bracket, and your first thought is what? Uh, you know, I actually think, you know, a lot of people like the rail on the committee. I actually think they did a good job. I mean, if you're comparing the uh, pure Vegas power rating, I actually think they, they, get, they got the top eight teams correctly as far as all four number ones and all four number twos. I mean, if you're doing uh, you know, stack ranking teams as far as the Vegas power rating, they got all the ones and twos right. Uh, of course, the, the, there are some teams that were probably vastly Underseeded, meaning they're you know way too low. Loyola Chicago, uh, I mean that's a team that's like number nine in Ken Palm, and they get a number eight seed. But that's not surprising considering you know what the committee's done to mid majors and lower level teams in the past. But all in all, I thought they did a good job. Brad, do you and you know and I think I do think it's obviously more in the first couple rounds, and then the seeds kind of play out. You don't have as many crazy upsets, obviously, after the first two rounds. Um, people, you know, when they're filling out their brackets, you usually don't believe that and continue with the upsets. When you start looking at what you want to play in the first round, is that in your mind or you just still go by metrics and, and, and what Ken Palm and others and what your own research tells you? Or do you look and start thinking, I know there's going to be some upsets. Let me absolutely look at the ones I think before I make any plays. Yeah, I mean, two different filling out a bracket and, and you know, personal betting, you know, round one. Two completely different things. Uh, I mean, uh, a lot of times filling out a bracket, I mean, obviously you know there, there's going to be upsets, and, and you pick a few, but uh, I, I'm somebody that doesn't go, I, you know, completely a bunch of upsets. I mean, I end up, when it comes to the lead eight round and, and the final four, I'm basically chalk. But when it mm-hmm. comes to betting round one, you know, what I'm looking for, obviously, shop around. Try to get the best of the number. A lot of numbers were available last night when they were opening up that aren't. And what I find typically on game day, you see a lot of people chasing. And usually what happens with my betting, I might be on one side come Sunday, Monday, early on in the process. And because the public is so heavily influenced in, in the market come NCAA tournament compared to any other time, in the college basketball season, a lot of times I'm coming back on the opposite side because the lines move three points. Is it does it tend to change that much for NCAA tournament games more than other games that we see? I mean, not across the board, uh, but what what happens is you, you get a lot of people like you know, I'll, I'll give you one example. A lot of people are going to like Winthrop uh, over Villanova. That's already been a very popular play. So what'll happen is you've already gotten money come in on Winthrop last night. And then people start, you know, once they're filling out their bracket, ooh, a 5-12 matchup. Boy, Winthrop can win this game. I'm, I'm getting six and a half points. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bet Winthrop. And a lot of times you see uh, the, the numbers, you know, for, especially for the 5-12 matchups, that they get so much publicity. Uh, sometimes you get a little too much, uh, I think, action on the dog, and sometimes I find value on the favorite. 
Um, it was great that I, you saw some some numbers come out so fast yesterday. I think in the past, I mean, I don't know if they came out that fast, but boy, the bracket was just announced and you already saw numbers across the internet. Uh, Want to stay at home with the Mountain West now. It looks like maybe a little money's gone towards San Diego State from a two to a three and Utah State maybe towards Texas Tech from a four to a five. Any any opinion on the two Mountain West teams uh, in terms of what the money's gone or what you like in terms of Syracuse, San Diego State or Utah State Tech? Uh, I actually lean towards both Mountain West teams. I mean, two, it's not easy matchups for either team. Right. I mean, Texas Tech uh, really solid under Chris Beard. I just think that they're probably – uh, when you look at their resume, it's not as obviously nowhere near as strong as what their last couple of teams have been. So I do lean Utah State matchup. And when you look at their defense, especially down the stretch, uh, playing as well as anybody defensively. And when you got a seven footer in the middle, kind of a, a tough matchup there. So I, I, despite the money coming on Texas Tech, I lean Utah State in that one. I also did bet San Diego State, even though the, the zone for Syracuse is something San Diego State doesn't see too often. I, I just think. San Diego State right now is playing as, as well as anybody. And I could see both teams, you know, obviously that San Diego State being the favorite, I think they can advance. I actually think San Diego State can advance to the Sweet 16. And I wouldn't put past Utah State actually winning the game outright over the Red Raiders. You gave us Loyola Chicago as the big outlier as a team that was underseeded. Uh, anybody jump out that was overseeded to you? Oh, maybe like a West Virginia number three. Uh, I mean, I just, I don't have them that high in my power ratings. I probably would have had the the Mountaineers more like a five or six seed. So that kind of coincides with me thinking San Diego State uh, can make a run to the Sweet 16 because, you know, West Virginia is not your typical three seed. I mean, that's a game that's going to be super competitive for the Aztecs if they get to that matchup. West Virginia was a team that that at least I, I thought was going to be on the four or five line, and for the, it was a little bit of a surprise to see them on the three line. Uh, the ones, uh, Gonzaga's already beaten the two, three, and four in the region. I mean, it's obviously the tournament makes things different, but you look at the ones, and maybe because we're undefeated, it looked like Gonzaga might have the easiest path. Illinois, you've talked about, they could get uh, Loyola Chicago in the second round. That would be interesting, two teams in that state. Of the ones, who would you see slipping up first? Is there a, a tougher path than others? No question. Without a shadow of a doubt, it's Michigan has the toughest uh, road. To, I'll actually be surprised if Michigan makes the Final Four. I mean, you're talking a bracket that has the SEC champ in Alabama, a very dangerous team, the Big 12 tournament champ in Texas. I think a very dangerous Florida State team when you look at the Seminole height and their you know, length and also they're one of the deepest benches. I actually think Florida State could beat Michigan in the Sweet 16 round. If Michigan even gets there, I think they have a very dangerous second-round matchup for the winner of LSU and St. Bonaventure. If Isaiah Livers isn't healthy for the Wolverines, I mean, I, I will be stunned if Michigan makes it out of their region. So they have by far the toughest road to um, All right, I do have a college football question for you because we've got UNLV's <laughs> schedule out, and we're, our favorite question for you is how many games will UNLV be favored in this season? Uh, at most two, uh, and you know the the question the, the ones in question Eastern Washington at home to open really depends on how Eastern Washington finishes out finishes out this spring if they you know make a run in the FCS playoffs I mean UNLV could even be an underdog in that game oh, so that, that probably oh. puts things in perspective Utah State at home with a first year coach might be a very winnable game for UNLV the only other one that I have currently in single digits. 
it would be the road trip to New Mexico, but uh, I think New Mexico's got the far better coaching staff there. So, uh, you know, in order, Utah State, Eastern Washington at home, and then New Mexico uh, are the only games where I could see UNLV possibly being a favorite in. The only other one in single digits? So you mean they're going to UTSA and they're going to be at least plus 10? Yeah, UTSA is legitimate. Had a very good first season under Jeff Taylor, their head coach there. I mean, made a bowl game very competitive against a very good Louisiana team in that bowl game, second year. I mean, they they looked the part. Uh, UNLV didn't look the part under a first-year coach, to say the least, last year. So, yeah, that'll be a a double-digit spread. How about, uh, I love this in your power ratings. Uh, This is hilarious. Uh, Notre Dame schedule. Do 10 teams have a bye before they play these guys? It almost seems like everyone's off. Yeah, I mean, and that's something that's not going to be factored in a strength of schedule. Uh, But, you know, to to have that many teams have extra time to prepare for for the Irish, uh, I mean, big time negative uh, for Notre Dame. Uh, And it it was something that they overcame a couple years ago, something similar, but this year, you know, Notre Dame is not as experienced as their, their last couple of seasons, and it, it, it'll be an uphill. Do I expect Notre Dame back in the college football playoff this year? No, I do not. Wait a minute. Notre Dame gets to make out their own schedule. How are they letting this happen? <laughs> uh, if you look at it, a lot of those teams that have a bye are in the ACC, and uh, maybe the <laughs> ACC isn't giving Notre Dame as many breaks. So a lot of those teams coming off a bye are – you know, quote unquote conference matchups for the Irish. I love the idea of the ACC saying, you know what? Everybody gets a bye right before they play yeah. Notre Dame. <laughs> it's happened multiple years, too. This, this isn't an outlier where, uh, oh, it just happened to work out that way. It's happened multiple times over the last few years. Uh, Brad, how great was the story that Nebraska was at one point trying to get out of their game against Oklahoma this year? I don't know if it was a great. I mean, I thought it was pathetic uh, from Nebraska. And if I was a Nebraska fan, I'd be embarrassed. But I, you know what? To, to, to say, you know, to take that out of it, I could see why they were doing it. I mean, Nebraska right now in my strength of schedule has the second toughest schedule in the entire country. And when you look at Scott Frost really needing to get to a bowl game this year, it is going to be tough to get there. I mean, uh, Oklahoma in non-conference, obviously that's one of their toughest games uh, on their entire schedule. And then when you look at, at them pulling Ohio State over from the opposite side of the division, I mean, right now I think it, it, you know, I would put Nebraska at 6-6. Six and six. So you take that Oklahoma game out of it and put you know a bye game, like an old Dominion or somebody, whoever they were talking about, it made some sense as far as securing uh, bowl eligibility. But when you're talking about a top-10 program all-time, that, that, that is just asinine to me that they would, wouldn't want to play an Oklahoma team that was their greatest rival for 30, 40 years. The, uh, this is going to sound crazy on his face given what he's done there, but I have a few friends who went to Stanford. You have them as the number one toughest schedule in the country. Uh, last year shortened, obviously, 4-2. and two. The year before that, 4-8. and eight. Is there any sense in your mind that David Shaw kind of needs to get back on the winning side of things? Uh, I think he's safe at Stanford, uh, and uh, the, the, if he has a losing season this year, he's not you know on the hot seat. They're not looking to get rid of him. I, I think he's in, in a relatively safe position, but it's it's going to be a tough one this year. I, I mean, I would put Stanford maybe a four and eight 
and that, that might wow. stun a lot of people. But you just broke down. You know, they went four and eight a couple years ago, so it's not yeah. that surprising. And then when you consider uh, when you're talking strength of schedule, Stanford's the first team in a decade to play nothing but a schedule filled with Power Five teams. So they play twelve Power Five teams on their schedule. And the only clear favorite role for Stanford, road trip to Vanderbilt. That's it. I mean, looking at my early projected lines, uh, it'll be, you know, pick them or, or, you know, maybe a a very slight favorite or or at least an underdog in every game but one. Should have gotten UNLV on the schedule. What are they doing (laughs) over there? Um, All right, Brad, before we let you go, do you have your final four teams already picked out? I do. So, I mean, it's going to be chalk for three out of the four, Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and then my surprise team to make a run, Florida State, as the fourth seed coming out uh, of Michigan's bracket there. Now, I feel good. I can prove it in the newspaper this morning, Brad. I've got that same final four. I'm going to go bet the house because you agree with me. You put Florida I, you State in your final four? I. Uh, it's in the paper. I got Florida State. I'll tell you what. I think it was last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought they could have won it. Was it, it was either last year or the year before. Like I actually picked them to win it. Yeah, they they have been. You know, obviously last year the, the tur- they could have made a hell of a right. run last right. year. They probably would have been like a two seed had the tournament not been canceled. But yeah, they, they've been the lead eight in the Sweet Sixteen each of their last two tournaments. They're, that guy has he's a good. He does a really good job. They, they kind of steam under the radar to people, but he he. I think he does a really good job there. Leonard Hamilton, a guy that's been around yeah. the, the block. And again, and it's all about matchups. Keep in mind, a very deep bench, and they're, they're, they're the tallest team in the country if you're doing average height. So I will be picking UNC bet. Greensboro to win that first round. No, I'm, no <laughs> bet, bet Florida State, baby. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Uh, he is Brad Powers. Follow him on Twitter at Brad Powers. Seven, Brad, we appreciate it. Thanks, Brad. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, I feel good about it now. I'm going. Let's just bet the house at this point. No, see, I always hate if somebody has the same final four as me. I would be, I'd be upset. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be changing something for the sake of changing something nah, if I were you. I'd be like, well, no, if it no. was some guy down the street, that's one thing. This guy does this for a living. I'm very excited now. <laughs> no, can't have the same final four. Come on, Ed. Ridiculous. Also, I like that you were starting the show off with. We got to give our final four picks now, yeah. and you already did I, it in the paper. I already had it in the paper. <laughs> all right and he's not allowed to give out picks that's right that's true. Picks allowed. that's right, that's right. All right. you're right coming up next the greatest team in australia won the greatest game in australia let's end the show with something sweet this is the dessert menu brought to you by silver state schools credit union prioritizing people over profit western sydney wanderers beat wellington phoenix 4-3 last night This has been the Dessert Menu, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union. Become a member today at SilverStateCU.com. And it's the greatest game I've ever seen played in the Australian A-League. Yeah, I missed that one. I can't believe believe that happened. So, okay. Uh, You're too busy re-watching the VGK games, right? (laughs) Here's a quick breakdown for you. No. Wellington went up. One nothing. Our Western Sydney Wanderers responded to tie it one one. Then Wellington went up two one before halftime. Our Wanderers came out and tied it two two. But then Wellington got a penalty and went up three to two. Less than a minute later, our Wanderers tied the game at three. And then in the eighty fourth minute, Western Sydney scored the game winning goal. But even better, we have VAR to thank 
because in the 94th minute, Wellington actually scored a game-tying goal, but they went back to VAR, and the guy's shoulder was offside, therefore the goal did not stand, and Western Sydney Wanderers got a 4-3 win. Oh, this is the team we, we follow. Yeah, yeah what, 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 I, I, come on, Ed. Come on. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm very excited. Did we win? I'm excited. I'm, I'm very excited. It's good, good, good job by uh, Steven's team that he gave us, Western City Wonders. We won four to three, Ed, right. and we are in four the second three. That's place. like ten to nine in soccer. Four. Three. Were you listening wow. to anything no, I just said about Western not. City I Wanderers? Love it. Oh my god! I, I was actually reading Twitter about um, Archie Miller's do, do ten five on his buyout. Oh my god! <laughs> we it. already talked about soccer in the first hour. When we go soccer twice in a show, uh, we're pushing the envelope here. We went soccer in every hour. Of yeah, the show. actually, we went soccer about three times. I yes. would know because it's. I had to plug in my Nintendo Switch because the battery was dying. Important we information, should... Ed. Make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> we we should tell people though, and I think this is very exciting. If you want to see the press box in action and you want to come out and just uh, uh, talk and BS with us, we will be at the Westgate. Yes, Jared, on Friday for the first round of the tournament? That is correct. Please right. stay six feet away from yes, Ed and Tyler. Yes, six feet away and wear a mask. And wear a mask. <laughs> and uh, But Tyler is down to hear any of your soccer takes. Any yes. of them. Even if uh, they're, you know, draconian or a little offensive and shouldn't really be shared in public, Tyler is down to hear those. Well, I will not be listening to anybody because I will be watching college <laughs> basketball on Friday. Um, so, you know, so can start it'll be like it'll be I like Ed in this segment. It'll be just no, like that did, in this segment. Yes, that did usually happen uh, in the past when Clay and I were there. It hit nine o'clock. And pretty much for the next hour, we had no idea what we were saying because we just kept watching games and people going crazy. So we just kind of talked, but it, there's no way it made sense for an hour because we were just watching games. Why are we on the air? Why don't we just carry the first yeah. games? We do <laughs> on our sister station, 1230 The Game. Oh, these damn sister stations. Come Jeez, on. Come on. Take us off the air. Nobody wants to we listen to We need to, to watch us. games. There's there's multiple <laughs> games. We got we got to put the other ones on our Gu station too. Guys, could you, could you not... Like there's uh, there's very few things where it's like could could just you know be happy that you know you guys get to go somewhere please for could me. Could you? Why is do there I any chance go like these segments where I'm not paying attention can be included in Jesus that worst of we're about to run? The, all the segments you don't pay attention? Do we just, just run yeah, those so from it, nine to? We 10? just run those and like when I'm when oh, I mute no, myself, the, it can be the worst of. I I mean I. <laughs> Dear God, Jared, all right. Jared, no one on this show wants to do the show while the NCAA tournament's going no. on. No. All right. Absolutely not. Fair enough. But <laughs> as a... As... And we're not going to pretend like we want to do it either. <laughs> but as a quasi-member of management, I would ask you, please have a positive <laughs> mental attitude about You know, you know two weeks ago when you hadn't been promoted, you were much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> You were much nicer to us when you hadn't been promoted. Yes, Listen. but I didn't give a crap. Listen yes. to the show from 7 until 9.15 on Friday. It's going to be the best 7 yes. to 9.15 yes. you will have ever heard. Yes. At 9.15, we the will game be starts. watching the NCAA tournament. <laughs> 
live. We're going to do a segment called We Watch TV. Yes, that is exactly what we will be doing. I believe Florida and Virginia Tech is the first game of the day. Oh, it's a so good 7 10 matchup. Yeah. Watch, exactly. You got to watch the 7 10 matchups to yeah. start. Okay, That's wow. way more I need important. one of you guys to be the designated shouter of thing just happened. So if one of you is pretending to talk, the other one goes, oh. Whoa! Yes. We will have, if it's like other years, you will have that people will be listening to radio and then they'll just hear a huge, huge, like eruption that something happens and we'll just let it play at that point. Jared, do you remember when we did a show from inside the net at Lights FC practice and we forgot to talk for minutes on end because (laughs) we were worried about a ball hitting us in the face? Yeah, it's going to be like that, except I'm not worried about a ball hitting me in the face. I'm just trying to watch... Florida and Virginia Tech for who gets slaughtered in the second round.